Welcome to the Bray Nickel Show. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, here on another uh, beautiful day in uh, the Crater of Liberty in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm coming to you again uh, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, this week, we're, we're being joined by another fantastic guest, and uh, we're, we're lucky enough to uh, be joined again by uh, another individual who has been doing their part, trying to bring liberty forward uh, by, by running for elected office. Um, so this this week, we're joined by Shane Hazel. He, uh, he ran for GA uh, 7th District down there in Georgia um, to unseat uh, the... Sitting at the time, Republican uh, congressional uh, representative. Uh, but we'll get into to Shane's bio really quick. First, some housekeeping. If you're uh, new to the Brian Nichols Show, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, Brian Nichols Show, part of the We Are Libertarians Network. We are the newest and fastest growing show uh, on the network. And uh, just to kind of give you a, a sneak behind the curtain, yes, we are a libertarian podcast. But the truth is, uh, the show really is for anyone and everyone. Uh, anyone who is libertarian curious to those who just want to hear an opposing view. Uh, you're trying to figure out what this whole libertarian craze is that's taken across the nation. Uh, this is the place to come because really the, the whole goal of the show is to present uh, the news that you care about in an objective manner to really help educate, enlighten, and inform. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter and on Facebook at B Nichols Liberty, and please feel free to subscribe on Patreon at B Nichols Liberty to help us keep producing this content you enjoy. Uh, if you have a question or comment, send me an email over at the Brian Nichols Show at gmail.com. And as always, please share today's podcast with your family and friends to help promote the message of liberty. And uh, please feel free to rate us on iTunes. Also, Finally, if you're interested in a don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff bumper sticker, shoot me an email, again, at Show at gmail.com. And as I teased uh, here at the beginning of the show, this week I am joined by Shane Hazel. Uh, Shane, like I mentioned, he ran for uh, governor, or I'm sorry, for governor, for, uh, for congressional uh, office there in the great state of Georgia. Um, so Shane, thank you so much for taking uh, some time out of your very, very, very busy schedule. Mr. Nichols, thanks for having me on, man. I, uh, I didn't realize you were out of Philadelphia. I actually flew out of there last night. I would have just come by the studio and done this in person if, <laughs> had I known. That might have made things a little easier. But, hey, at least you got to get home to uh, your family a little bit uh, a little bit earlier than uh, you were expecting, hey? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit earlier, but also a little bit later. I uh, ended up getting out of there uh, about an hour late because of some storms and then uh, floating around around Atlanta in a holding pattern for another hour plus down here because of some other storms and so yeah it was a it was a late night about one o'clock when i got home in the morning and so yeah it would have been just a much better trip if i had stayed and, and done this uh interview in person up there <laughs> hey, next time so. we'll, next time we'll, we'll make sure we can commu communicate where uh, where we are geographically it'll make it a little easier but um uh, ladies and gentlemen uh you can follow shane on twitter at shane t hazel um and you can check out shane's website which is uh shanehazel.com and obviously if you go to the shanehazel.com right now shane we'll kind of dig into this right now uh it's going to show shane hazel for congress so you you did the the good fight you you tried to uh, go and bring the message of liberty uh to to washington as a, a congressional representative much like that of justin amash and and thomas massey now you had a primary uh, just a little bit ago so why don't you fill us in on how that all went yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, you know, if, if anybody's looking at, at replicating what we've done, I'm happy to share that knowledge. And we're going to be doing a lot more of that here in the near future. But uh, starting about this time last year is where we got uh, very intentional about what we were doing. We had talked about it for a long time. 
Um, and you've got a build-up phase. You kind of get uh, into the, the holiday season where things kind of slow down. And then it's from the moment you hit the ground in January, it is a full-out, uh, I want to say it's a, a marathon because it's a sprint uh, from January uh, to May 22nd down here in Georgia, if you're doing it the right way. And so uh, between my volunteers and everybody, they work their butts off. And, uh, you know, just to give everybody perspective, you know, we always thought uh, if we could raise enough money that we, you know, we could probably flat out win this thing. But that wasn't uh, really um, our, our whole goal. Uh, money is one of the things that I think is uh, a, a really bad thing in politics right now. And it uh, it corrupts and it protects and it it's one of those things that we need to kind of drive out in the future if we can uh, if we can make that happen. But um, we raised only about seventy thousand dollars and and spent you know right at that amount. We didn't we stayed you know obviously in line with our, our you know what we were taking in in terms of our expenses. Um, but with seventy thousand dollars and never having touched politics before, we went uh, against a guy who's you know well liked and, and pretty much unknown even in his own district. He just flies under the radar. Um, He's got an F rating across the board from uh, New American Conservative Review and the rest of them out there. But uh, we took almost 30 percent of the vote away from him our first run. And that was with, you know, almost no name <laughs> recognition whatsoever. So, you know, you can be disheartened, um, I guess, out there, especially if you thought you should have won. But in, in reality, I had somebody uh, tell me, you know, I spent twice amount, that amount uh, on my run against an incumbent and only garnered about 2% of the vote. So, you know, once, you know, once you take a step back and kind of decompress a little bit and, and you can kind of see what you did do and um, people have come out of the woodwork since and, you know, whether it's, you know, asking us to be an advisor on boards or, um, you know, saying, hey, you, you gotta do this again. You know, I was excited for the first time in my life to actually vote for a candidate. Yeah, and it, it's uh, that outpouring, uh, the volunteers, and, and just the whole experience. What an absolutely incredible, uh, you know, point in my life and an event. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be something I'm really happy to share uh, with my kids as they grow up and, you know, uh, maybe grandkids someday. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I mean, I worked on a congressional campaign back in 2012. I was the uh, the field rep up in uh, New York 21st where uh, – the, the current congresswoman is uh, Elise uh, Stanifik, uh, I think that's how you pronounce her last name, but uh, in 2012 I was working for a gentleman uh, named Matt Doheny who was running against uh, the Democrat uh, De Bill Owens at the time. And uh, I know when we were in that campaign, uh, the, the congressional district itself was about 17,000 square miles. Uh, we were driving, I mean, literally thousands of miles every single week. Uh, it was exhausting. It, it's so well worth it, though. Um, and and we like like you, unfortunately, didn't cross the finish line, um, first place. But uh, I mean, the experience itself is great. And I, just just from my experience, I know it takes a lot out of not only the staff but also um, the candidate. And to put yourself in a position where you were are getting beat down every single day takes a lot of a uh, testicular fortitude if you will so <laughs> <laughs> you're one of the only other people i've ever heard use that yeah you know <laughs> intestinal testicular you name it uh yeah it's um it, it's not for the faint of heart you know if you're not secure in who you are um and really uh, you, you understand your principles extremely well to the point where you can not only articulate them but defend them um, it is. It's going to be. It's going to be really uh, yeah, kind of a non-starter. But you know, for us, I mean, I've got a full-time career. Uh, so this was. I don't want to say a, a part-time campaign because we were definitely putting in 
uh, that amount of time, stopped sleeping, and uh, you know, obviously that time away from my family uh, for about a year that was tough. And uh, you, you just gotta you've got to take it, you know, one step at a time, one day at a time. Uh, you wake up, you look at what's on the calendar, you do the deconfliction, and you just you just press, man. And that's you know, as a Marine, um, for me, you know, I came out of force for common sense and that is, those are some of the hardest guys I've ever met and, and some of the best guys, but you know, what you learn there is a work ethic, like no other, you know, the whole suffer in silence, get it done, you know, suck it up and, and just keep going. And, and you, you can do an amazing amount, uh, if you just understand that if you just keep going, you just put one foot in front of the other, you know, take that next step, make it deliberate and intentional. Um, you know, if, if you're hungry, if you want it more than you want to eat and breathe and sleep, it can be achieved. It might not be the first time out of the gate, but I'll tell you, you know, with what we're building here, this might be a whole lot bigger than what we've even imagined. And I wanted to ask you, because this, this kind of was going to where my mind was going when I first started talking about how, how tough it is. But I mean, you, you, you have a, you have a wife, three kids, you have a career, what on earth made you want to take this step into the public sector to to try and unseat a what was it six or i'm sorry is a six term or three term um three term congressional yeah so yeah he's in his, yeah he's in his fourth term now so that he's coming up on the end of eight years uh here at the end of the year so i mean what, uh, what pushed you to, to want to take that step and say okay here we go <laughs> let's go get this this, and i uh, ran off to the marine corps right after 9 11 and so it's i guess it's uh just kind of Part of the, my nature, uh, no, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, 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 I guess the premise is wrong, uh, and I, I didn't want to. Um, if, if I could, if I had a representative that actually went up there and voted the Constitution uh, per their oath, you know, I, I wouldn't. Even if it was ninety percent in line with the Constitution, I would be okay with that. You know, that's, I, I, I know, ten percent is not asking a whole lot, but ninety percent um, would have kept me out of that race, and. Uh, you know, for, for that guy who, I mean, I grew up here. So, uh, for that guy to rate in the fifties and sixties and his voting and spending scores. And so the, what I looked at was the constitutional metrics, uh, first and foremost from the new American, uh, I did look at like some conservative review, uh, some, you know, some of the heritage stuff. Um, but across the board, this guy just did not meet the mail and he doesn't do town halls in person. He didn't do any of that kind of stuff and he hasn't done them in like over two years. And, you know, if, if you actually want to be a representative, I think you should be that guy that's uh, not only supporting your oath that you took to the Constitution uh, per Article 6, Section 3, but you should be not only available, but pretty predictable in terms of you know, how you're going to vote up there. If you look at, you know, the, the Justin Amashes and the Thomas Masseys and those guys, those guys will defend every vote that they take. They do it with a smile on their face. There's, you know, and, and I think most of their constituents know that because they are available. They stand in front of them. They answer the questions. And really, when it comes down to brass tacks, they're pulling that lever at the end of the day in line with the Constitution. And they do it at probably a 90 plus, 95 plus percentage rate. If we had a whole bunch of guys like that up there, uh, this country changes and obviously goes back to a constitutional republic instead of this kind of this arbitrary, loosey-goosey uh, banana republic that we've got now. And it's, it's I don't say it's funny, because it's not funny. Um, it's sad that you'll, you you are in such a minority. I mean, you, 
Justin Amash, Thomas Massey. I had uh, Jacob Letty, who's running for uh, Congress as a Libertarian down in Texas. Yep. I mean, you guys are you're in the minority uh, in terms of not only taking your principles, but then standing on those principles unabashedly and saying, this is who I am, this is what I believe, take it or leave it. But the reason I believe this is because I believe in, in the concepts of liberty. I believe in promoting freedom. I, I believe in going back to... The, the founding in which our country was, was you know, based upon the, these founding principles. And uh, it's, it's sad when you see these elected officials that we currently have who too often will spout the exact same rhetoric, but then when they get into office, they, they do a complete 180. So, I mean, I, I think of Jeff Flake over, uh, over there out West where he ran as a lot of people were thinking as a libertarian, if you will. Um, yeah. And obviously, his voting record has has been completely to the uh, the contrary. So, when you see individuals like that, how do we try to number one uh, nip that in the bud, but number two to be able to overcome the perception of the politician, your your standard politician who's just going to say what everybody wants to hear, and then get into office and do a complete one eighty? How do we overcome that? So. You, you touched on something earlier, you know, like there, there's only a, a certain number of these guys that are out there. 2018, I think, has been one of the most amazing years I've ever seen people run that I was excited about. I mean, this year, um, you, you named a couple of them. Um, you you know, you've, you've still got like Austin Peterson out in Missouri. Eric Brakey, one of our first really big wins this year, um, you know, in, in Maine that he just won. He's catching all kinds of flack on, uh, you know, from Twitter for, you know, associating with us and lost his little blue check mark for verification. Um, you know, obviously we just, uh, we had to watch uh, Nick Freitas lose in Virginia. That was a tough one to see. But, um, you know, for me, it, it, we got Nick Pulse in Wisconsin, Green Beret as well, and he's running for House. He's running for uh, Paul Ryan's old seat. And so there is there is something happening, first and foremost. I think these guys that especially that have served their country before and they understand that, you know, we should not be at war, you know, without a declaration of war. And, you know, they see peace as a real virtue. I think, you know, guys like that are going to help uh, kind of lead this movement. But you've also got those guys that, you know, have not gone, uh, you know, through the service, uh, like Austin, like Jacob, um, like Eric and all those guys out there that are still fighting that fight. And I think that's going to, the right, you know, that's going to keep going because Ron Paul started something, um, in this generation. Um, and I was overseas when I first learned about him, uh, in, in 2004 in a job when I watched our government bureaucrats do something that was just unimaginable to the troops on the battlefield. And so I found him and, and vets for Ron Paul, and that that started to grow a movement that I don't think can be stopped. And I, I don't know. I'm excited first and foremost, but in terms of you know vetting these people who are running, um, most of the time you're going to get uh, the money behind it, right? Because it's not just the the machine itself. It's not just the establishment that uh, that takes care of itself. It is the organism that is the industry around the establishment. So your your managers, your fundraisers, your um, advisors, all of these people who are in bed with you know the, the representatives, the senators, um, those people are the ones that we need to be contacting as well and saying, hey man, we understand that your your life is spent around this, but you know if if we keep going down these holes where uh, we support these guys that you know compromise on the Constitution, 
And, and that's the thing is we've got to compromise to get things done. That's actually not what the founders set this government up to do. You know, and I, I've said it a, a million times if I've said it once is, you know, you show me the man that will compromise the Constitution and I will show you the champion that wants to destroy the republic. Like you have to measure each and every one of these men off of their constitutional knowledge and, and, and really the framers knowledge um, or else we're just going to continue down this road. And I mean, like we, we just saw that social security is going to be bankrupt in, uh, I don't know, five, six years from now. Mm -hmm. That doesn't end well. Um, and, you know, maybe we are a couple of different countries already. Just don't even know it yet. But, um, you know, there is a chance um, to you know preserve the republic without violence and without war um, for the first time in our lifetimes. And, and that's something I'm excited to see. I mean, with with all these guys that we were just talking about that are running, um, if we can do it peacefully, man, that is that is something as a, a combat vet that I would absolutely uh, love to see. It's it's interesting because. I see that to be a reoccurring theme where you have these individuals who served overseas um, who they come back with the concepts of liberty really ingrained deep down. I mean, there's yourself, uh, there's the likes of, you know, the Jason Stapletons in the world and the, and the likes. And I, I see that as a reoccurring theme. Now, what you just you spoke about is, is it, you know, in terms of finding the right people to, to run, um, I, I fully agree. I mean, look at we just had you know yourself, Nick Freitas. Uh, you mentioned Eric Brakey, uh, but this is the question that I have to you. And obviously, I'm asking this to you at, uh, from your experience, uh, you know, based here in this past election. Is you obviously ran as a Republican, and uh, you were going against the establishment uh, incumbent Republican uh, congressman. And you faced a very tough challenge to to make you know, to make headway. Now we just watched over uh, here earlier this week with Nick Freitas um, ultimately getting defeated by Corey Stewart in Virginia. Uh, we're I mean even Mark Stanford losing his seat, who I would dare say is a libertarian-ish uh, Republican. Is and I've asked this question many times on my show. And I'm asking you to see kind of your perspective. Is the way to promote liberty going to be through the use? of the Republican Party going forward, or is it time for us to start looking at alternatives, be it the the Libertarian Party or a an alternative party that we don't know about yet, to to really be that that vessel to bring liberty forward? I'm I'm actually a big fan of not of, of not having parties, especially at the federal level. And that's the thing is, you know, we were never intended to, and George Washington told us, you know, we, the parties will uh, basically serve a short-term end, but in the long term, what they're going to be used for is to usurp uh, our rights and the Constitution at the you know uh, expediency of whatever those people want to do to grow their own power and, and do so arbitrarily. Um, I I would love to see at the federal level an abolition of all parties, and so you can judge every person on his merits in this. You know, get in line uh, type, you know, mentality would kind of fade away. And I think that's kind of what you see out there right now. And, um, you know, between the Republicans and the Democrats, both of those parties are losing, um, you know, so-called members uh, at a at a, a very high rate. And everybody's becoming an, an independent or, you know, a libertarian or disenfranchised um, because they don't believe in either one of those parties, because look at what they've done at the national level. Uh, both of them have, you know, gone 
gone down the, uh, the road of debt. Um, they, they have no intention of ever uh, ending the Fed, uh, let alone auditing it. Um, they have no, uh, you know, no intention of turning off the war machine and creating peace. And it, when when we talk about, you know, being a, a solvent nation, um, they they've just taken us so far away from what we were meant to be. You know, just a step away from anarchy, basically, um, as a as a federal government anyway, to be, you know, a, a foreign embassy, uh, foreign emissary on war, peace, negotiation, foreign commerce, and they've invaded every facet of our life. And that's that's not individual. You know, that's not independence. That's not libertarians. It's not the Federalist Party. It's not the Constitutional Party. That is Republicans and Democrats. They are the reason we are here today. And, and I don't say that as you know the old time you know, you know Republicans that were actually for you know small government and personal responsibility. What's happened is these guys have transformed. They go up there. Uh, the lobbyists come in and they take uh, votes based on. Um, what they can do to get reelected uh, from their donor base. And if they don't take those votes, then they don't get the money and then they don't come back to their district with, you know, cash full pockets so that they can you know, basically use their war chest against people like ourselves um, that really don't have a war chest. And, and, and so that's what they do. They don't, you know, they don't want to leave that lifestyle. They've, they've gotten very used to it. Um, it the, the, the glitter and, and, you know, everything else that's out there, uh, they want to hold on to those positions at all costs, and they're willing to take those big government votes. Like uh, for us, you know, one of the big issues down here um, was the um, the 1.3 trillion dollar omnibus bill that just went through. Mm. I mean, fifth, or, I'm sorry, 500 million dollars from a Republican in this district to Planned Parenthood. That's unconscionable um, out there for for this district, and yet. You know, the people that are, you know, apathetic, that didn't get out and vote, 750,000 registered votes here and 40,000 people turned out to the polls in the primary. It's like we've, we've got to, first and foremost, we've got to educate people. Um, we're going to start uh, something very soon where uh, we continue our education in the Constitution. Uh, but we're also going to try to educate people on running for office and, and really um, the the voters out there in, in terms of their understanding it. It's not just the midterms. It's not just the general elections that you should be voting in. The most important elections out there are your primaries. If you can get a, you know, if you can get a great candidate in the primary, you've got an outstanding chance of them winning the general election and then actually doing something in D.C. So that's what we're going to be pushing is education, uh, first and foremost, and, and really trying to get some um, exposure through name ID out there. Hey, that's why I have this show, Educate, Enlighten, and Inform, because, I mean, that's that truly is, I think, where a lot of the disconnect is. People hear, you know, libertarian, or they hear uh, li the liberty movement, and they're just like, they, they, sh they don't, I don't say they don't shut off, it's just, they're, they're so, they're so agnostic to the, the messaging that they don't even want to pay attention. And I think that's actually kind of sad, because uh, there's actually a recent Gallup poll that came out, and it showed that the number of people who identify as politically independent, it's its just shy of 50%. And we've seen since 2004, the Democratic and Republican parties have respectively been declining um, several percentage points each year. And uh, I mean, right now, Democrats are, are around 29% in terms of political identification. Republicans are, are around like 23%. Um, and yet we have this, this massive amount of independent thinking people who are, who are, you know, they're almost a majority of Americans. I mean, right now they're obviously a plurality 
And I think the, that group of people is the people that we should be reaching out to. And I don't think we're going to be able to win them over by 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 just screaming, you know, my my roads, my principles, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We have to we we have to we have to reach out to them on a real level. And I mean, that's part of the reason I did this um this whole uh, bumper sticker campaign with the "Don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff," because I think that is something that is so easy for anyone to understand. I mean, at the very you know the very basic principles of being a person you you're not supposed to hurt another person and you're not supposed to take other people's stuff and you would want the same in 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 reverse so i think if we can start conversations like that and start reaching out to that you know plurality of voters that are out there i think that would be a great first step and i think what you're doing and and what nick freitas was doing that was kind of breaking beyond those barriers but obviously, we we just saw you know with Nick, for instance, we're we're coming up this against this opposition. I wouldn't call Corey Stewart establishment by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, obviously, he had name recognition from his governor run. But what do you think it is that that kind of stopped Nick from securing that that win over there? Um, you know, is it this alt right kind of mentality that that some of the GOP has has started to I don't say accept, but I mean it's definitely creeping in. Or, or is there something else that we're not looking at? Well, I, I think it's more of an apathy issue. Um, it's, 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 I think it's a combination of apathy, and I think it's a combination of a, a generational issue right now where we have we have a generation that's coming up right now that's not extremely involved. And I'll tell you, you go to door-to-door, and you, I'll tell you right now, there is a demographic that votes, and, and you know, it is old white people. Um, it, it, that's just the way it is. Now, is that generation going to fix what's transpired no it's not but i'll tell you there's there's hope man i mean uh my parents are old white people you know they they didn't ask to be born that way that's that's just who they are right um but my mom and and my dad came from different walks of life my dad came from flint michigan my mom came from mid uh midland michigan so um you had a republican and you had a democrat that came together um one from a union one from you know more of a, a free thinking uh, type of uh, uh, libertarian type uh, background. And, you know, it was it was always interesting in my house. But I'll tell you now in this day and age, um, when my mom was such a staunch Republican kind of towards the end of the, the late 90s and going into, uh, you know, the first term of Bush, to see her make that transition um, from being um, you know, more of a, a large state uh, type of status, you know, basically with in, inflicting uh, through, you know, force, which is government, uh, their ideology on others instead of that idea that, hey, as long as you're not hurting anybody else or taking their stuff, like you said, and that's what I teach my kids. If, if, if we could start there and say, all right, apply that as you go and grow through all policy, um, especially at the federal and, and state level, uh, if, if we can start to do that, we have we have the means to really change this country. And what we've got to do is energize this next generation, which I think, um, you know, and I, who knows if I'm right or wrong, but time will tell. This, this next generation is living through a paradigm shift. And I was lucky enough that after I got out of the Marine Corps, I still had to go back and finish up at last year and a half. So I didn't graduate college uh, until 2006. So kind of puts me at the front end of the millennials and really at the tail end of the, the generation X, this, this paradigm shift where it was go to school, get good grades, go to college, 
go out and get a uh, a career. That paradigm is gone. And, you know, it, you're not going to go to college and come out with less than $100,000 worth of debt unless you work your way through college. And I don't know a whole lot of college kids that will earn $100,000 even in four years um, on top of living expenses and everything else. So if if they see this world as where they've had to adapt is I can't go to college. I need to start something myself. I need to be, probably be an entrepreneur. And they start to see that the biggest hurdles to entrepreneurship are the government. And so they see the government as inefficient and as costly to them. Then we can start to address this problem and say, all right, naturally, then what needs to happen for these people to, for, for you to succeed? And that natural solution is we need the government out of our way and out of our life. The, the regulation, the bureaucracy, the red tape and everything else needs to be uh, retracted. And so we have this really cool opportunity as this paradigm shifts to start leading that understanding and to start teaching these young people and energizing them so that they are excited to get out and vote. And, you know, for us to have, you know, the ability for you and I to talk, um, you know, even with a, you know, just through voice here, but if we wanted to do it through video and have each other on and, and then have hangouts and groups and everything else to where we can go live and get this message to literally millions and millions and millions of people, not only here, uh, in the United States, but around the world, we have we have an immense amount of power in this time and place to start spreading these ideas. And and that's the thing about ideas is you can't stop them. This, this the genie is out of the bottle. You can't put it back in. And as much as you know, Twitter and Facebook and the rest of these social platforms will try to limit our speech and our interaction without shutting down, they're not going to be able to do it. So at the end of the day. I think this understanding of liberty, uh, individual liberty, freedom, and constitutional government, I, I think it gathers a whole bunch of steam. Um, you know, the sparks, like I've said, are, they, they've been set down. Um, the winds are changing or coming. And I'll tell you what, this thing is about to blow wide open. In 2020, um, it could be just a fantastic year for this movement. And I certainly hope you're right. The only thing I, I, I I'm not saying I find fault with it's more I'm concerned about is that we see what happened in 2016 during the uh, the Democratic primaries there with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders resonated a lot to a lot of young voters. Um, and I think it's more along the lines because Bernie was Bernie was using the populism that Trump ended up winning with, but he was using this populism to say you are oppressed very big air quotes on the word oppressed but you are oppressed because you are are leaving college with massive debt and it's not fair because there are people out there who are earning a lot more than you and we need to make sure that we use the government to make things more fair by redistributing the wealth whether it's you know, using their money to pay for your college so you're not in debt, whether it's using your money to, to pay for your health care. So this mentality that was promoted by the Bernie Sanders of the world, uh, and it's been fostered by, you know, the likes of Elizabeth Warren um, or uh, Kamala Harris out West, that that sentiment, I don't I don't know if that's left because I know there's a lot of a lot of young people who either they're still in college or they're they're recent college grads they still have that mindset. So how do we combat the mindset, this, this I'm oppressed, life's not fair, and we need someone to make it right with what you were mentioning that, yeah, you know what, you're coming to life and it's not fair, but you don't need to look for the government to be the person or the entity to fix things. In, in, instead, you actually need to 
take the government down because a lot of the problems you're experiencing are caused by not only government, but the restrictions that are put in the way. How do we message that to make it so it's easier for th that group of individuals to understand and actually you know, look at what we're promoting as something that they will embrace as time goes on? Well, I, I think you've got to look at it, you know, and, and you know, first and foremost, Bernie Sanders and, and really most of the other Democrats out there, what they're doing is is promising that we'll subsidize your lives. You know, basically, um, we're, we're going to buy your vote. Right. And, and that first and foremost, that's a it's a really shallow um, and, and not a brave concept in, in the first place. And we've seen it fail across, uh, you know, the, the, the last century to the tune of. 200 plus million people murdered by their own government. So, I, you know, I, obviously it, it's 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 education. Um, if, but that if, wasn't real socialism, Shane. <laughs> yeah, it's never been implemented the right way. That's right. Because you know, if, if we did it the way Karl Marx did, it, we would be it would all be sunshines and rainbows and and uh, unicorn dust, and we'd all be sitting pretty with other people's stuff. And you know, it, 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 that's the problem with socialism. At some point, you run out of everybody else's stuff. Uh, it's the John Galt movement is like, hey, you know what? We're done. We're, we're done with this. And so, yeah, there there is that crowd that's in academia and school that, you know, still pushes the narrative that socialism is a good thing. And, you know, like I say, you, you save who you can save and don't worry about, you know, those if if you can have those calm conversations and, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty analytical guy um, and, and I make inroads with people from finding common ground and then kind of going through the numbers with them, which I don't want to do right now because I don't want to bore your listeners with it. But it's one of those things where I think um, it's it's more about opportunity. You have to present to these people. You have an, an amazing gift. You're an individual. You know, you were built with an innate uh, unique gift that you're supposed to be giving to this world. And if you are going to just do what the world tells you you should be doing, that gift is never going to get out. And that's that's what I want to see. I want to see a world where people, uh, ex, you know, they, they take those individual unique gifts that they were given and they start to get that content uh, out there where we can consume it. It starts to change things. It starts to promote new ideas, new thought and and really that has to be a world where uh, liberty lives, where it, it, we, we cannot, you know, hamstring people, um, you know, through 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 government force. Uh, we've got to create that scenario and we've got to get to those people, you know, that are young, that, um, you know, you, you see what David Hogg is or is it is it David Hogg? I, I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, David Hogg. You know, he's running around, you know, trying to gin up the the, the anti-Second Amendment uh, group out there. But you've also got counter groups like that down in Texas that are student led. And what we've got to do is grab those guys. And it's not by force, but through ideas and, and bring them in and say, hey, listen, this is what we're doing. Help, you know, let us help you guys put a lot of fire behind this movement because this is your future. This is going to be your country and you've got to get involved. I think it's I think it's a matter of, you know, giving these people a, you know, the, the leaders that and, and, and I know our group isn't about leaders in the first place, but you've got to have mentors and you've got to have a normal out there. And if we can do that um, and, and start to create a, a, you know, a real dialogue in this country and a real brush fire uh, to where this starts to spread, uh, you know, we have and we do have that opportunity. And I think I mean, I'm optimistic. I've always been optimistic because I'll tell you, as long as peace is an option, um, that's what I'm going to be fighting for, man. And I don't know. It's 
it's a, it's a it's a weird dichotomy. But you know, at the end of the day, I know there are a lot of people who are tired. Um, they're, that are ex- totally exhausted from this uh, kind of being beat down. At the, and I would just say to them, hey, you've got more in you. You've got, somebody's looking to you. Somebody needs a hero in their life. Whatever you can do for just one person, go out and do that. I mean, be a hero to one person because the answers are not out there, you know, for somebody else. They're inside of you. You can fix your own life. You can, you, you can help your community. And, you know, if you have the, the will – I think you can you can help this world. Um, like I said, you, you're born with unique gifts. Get out there and, and show the people you know what you've got. And you hit the nail on the head because you said people are just beat down. And I I think that right there. I mean, from from 2016 and and the primaries before, but the aftermath of the 2016 election, people are just exhausted with with politics. I mean, we've had. You, you name the the scandal, the the outrage, whether it's James Comey or it's Stormy Daniels or or it's Russia or it's Robert Mueller. I mean, the the list goes on and on, and people are just tired of yeah. of this this you know federal government, the the issues that are behind it. And I think you just brought up a really really good point, is that, and I'm hoping that this will will yield this result, is that people will get so tired of looking at the nonsense and the corruption and the mismanagement of the federal government and they'll say okay you know what i can't really do anything in my little you know my little castle here in in my hometown to make a true impact on the the massive overarching leviathan that is washington dc but maybe i can do something to help with my my community be be it running for for city council or, or town board or you know running for the school board and and at the very least helping out people within your community i think that would be a great play for the people in the liberty movement to really make some headway and to be quite honest that's kind of how our nation was set up I mean, <laughs> that, that's that's the way it's supposed to be i actually had um william f buckley o'reilly uh on my show back a couple months ago and he's the uh, chairman pro tem of the federalist party of america and uh one of the big the big uh principles of the federalist party of america is the idea of federalism that the best main the best means to govern is, is to govern locally uh, because then your vote truly matters. Your your vote has, uh, I mean, it's it's exponentially more more valuable when you vote for your school board than it is when you vote for your U.S. senator or for for president. So to be able to kind of change this mindset, to to flip the switch and say, hey, stop worrying about Trump, stop worrying about Hillary. Start worrying about Jane Doe and and you know Jim Smith who are running for your school board. That's where it's actually going to matter. But I think the biggest um, the biggest obstacle that we face there is that Jane Doe and Jim Smith for school board isn't as sexy as Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton for president. So <laughs> this is a weird question to ask, but how do we make local liberty sexy? Oh man. Uh- <laughs> That's a great question, question, right? <laughs> well, I, you know, and maybe, maybe I, I'll digress for a minute because I was not always this guy. Um, uh, I I grew up in a small town, and I was not a cool kid, man. I, you know, in in terms of you know what you think is popular out there, um, my third grade picture, I, I can remember it to this day. I mean, I didn't. I had hand me down clothes. 
And what I thought was awesome that day, and you know, thank God my parents were cool and they just let me dress the way I wanted to so that I could see how ridiculous I looked later in life. But I went in for my third grade picture and I had on a cutoff, you know, the sleeves were cut off on a, a sweatshirt that said Van Halen on the front of it. My hair was long and, you know, kind of mulletish and I had glasses and buck teeth and everything else. I was a kid that, you know, just wasn't cool. But that, you know, you can you can do things in your life if you do the right things at the right reason, you know, at, at the right moment and you do them when people aren't looking over your shoulder. Those have the ability to, to build on themselves. And I actually just had this conversation with my oldest son, who's about seven, who just came back from camp and he was talking about some of the kids not acting the right way and everything, you know. From this, from this age, you know, and, and that's really the age that we have to start cultivating at. We have to get down to that level and start growing them from that age and, it's, and, and inspire the kids that don't think that they're ever going to be anything in this world. You, you, you just, hey, do, do the right thing for the right reason at the right time. Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. And those will begin to grow because as he went to that camp and he, you know, did the right thing and he was well-spoken and well-mannered, Somebody saw that, whether it was his teacher or the camp counselor or somebody like that. Somebody saw that, and they're going to say in 20, 30 years from now, I remember having Jackson as a six-year-old in my camp. And I knew from that moment, because he was so well-mannered and he was doing the right thing when even nobody was looking, or whether he was helping people out, whether it's chivalry or whatever it is, We've got to start teaching those things, and it's not going to happen in the schools because the schools are obviously government indoctrination centers. We have to take an interest in our own young people. And, I, you know, one of the coolest things that I got to be a part of during my campaign, I got to just uh, speak to a local scout troop. So this is 12 to 18-year-olds. Those kids knew more about the Declaration of Independence, how we became a country in the first place, and then how we continue to grow and become a United States through the Constitution than any other group that I went and talked to. That, for me, I mean, the Tea Parties, the Republicans, the college Republicans, those kids, those young teenagers knew more and had more fire in them in the Boy Scouts at that age than any any other group. And it inspired me so much that I had to make a video right away. If we can get to the youth and help them to understand and that they all have that gift, that they are going to do something, that they can be somebody who changes something, that they need to get involved and start changing lives in their community and give them purpose in this life from a very early age, I think that's how we start to you know affect it at the local level. Because if we can do that, if we can affect it at the local level so that your school board operates independently from even the state um, and your your local sheriff, who is really one of the most powerful elected officials in your area, if they understand that they are beholden to uphold that oath of the Constitution and that they can protect you from federal overreach, if those federal governments come into his county and they start to do things that are unconstitutional, he has the power to lock them away. And then it, once we start to understand and, 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 and those, those kids start to live and breathe and, uh, you know, really exercise that liberty, I think uh, there is a tremendous amount that we can do to help people understand that local politics is one of those things um, that really needs another look and that is, is extremely important, even more so than the federal government. And, 
for us, you know, we, we just saw this opportunity because I've traveled the world over in, in not only business, but in, in uh, the military as well and seen it firsthand. And this was my expertise. And so this is where I was being called to stand by my faith. But for a lot of other people, they've always been local. They've always been state level. And I think that's where they need to focus. And if you ever, you know, that my advice is if you ever thought about doing this, especially if you're young, you've got the energy to do it go do it. If you need help in understanding how to do it, give us a shout. You know, we're pretty accessible and I'll, I'll make time for people that want to serve their community, uh, their state or this nation. Um, because I think, you know, that is what it is. It is, it's a service. You do your time, uh, in service and then you leave, you don't stick around or any of that other stuff. And, um, if we can, we start to be the, those people, I mean, uh, liberty is a lot more attractive uh, in the long run to people than, you know, this this government program system where we subsidize people's lives and we all are equally miserable together. <laughs> Very true. Georgia 7, what, what did you do here? You're, you're supposed to elect Shane because this is a this is a man here I'm talking to that you have your, you have everything framed right. And I think uh, you're, you're, you have a really nice perspective and grasp on how we can approach uh, liberty going forward. So I know when when you did concede uh, for the the primary there, you said in your your little letter to your your followers, you said, "Hey, P.S. Keep your lawn signs." So with that being said, <laughs> Shane Hazel, twenty twenty. It sounds exactly like you got that right with a question mark at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we um, we. We don't know yet. Um, a lot can change. You know, um, our plans are we're nowhere near uh, finished. And, and, you know, we've really just begun. Um, this is something where, you know, had we thought that we just do one and, and get out no matter what, um, I don't know at this point that we even can. Uh, we've got more people contacting us to, to do and be part of their groups and their and, you know, be affiliated or, or advise or whatever the case is that I don't know, um, you know, even if we wanted to. So we obviously will give it a lot more considerate thought. Uh, we're we're going to try to grow a lot of name ID in the meantime. And, you know, if that takes off and we can be uh, a force for good there too, who knows what the future holds. And, you know, I'll, I'll leave it in my faith and, and where we're being called to stand. But it's, it's for me, it's just, it's, it's keep working. And, you know, that's the thing. Liberty, that's what I want more than, than, anything in this world um you know and, and maybe even selfishly like ayn rand used to talk about you know we, we do things you know for selfish reasons well if if my individual liberty is the selfish reason that you know gets me out there and it really uh puts the fight to these guys and challenges them um to to make them you know either uneasy or to come in line i don't care what it is but at the end of the day um you know i'm a fighter man and i i guess um, that's best geared uh, to, to fight the establishment and, and to grow uh, all of our individual liberty. Because I don't, I'll tell you what, man, um, one of my favorite series out there in the world was the, was the Back to the Future series. And I'm still waiting on my flying car and hoverboard. And then I, I blame it on the government. They've gotten in the way of that. So um, we, we've got we've to fix all of that here within our lifetime because I'm, I'm not going through life without having at least a, a, you know, a flying quadcopter or something like that that I can jump in. <laughs> and, and around it. Well, well, you know what? I think um, either way, whatever whatever the future holds for you, Shane, whether it's being you know facing elected office again or, or not, I think uh, you you are definitely going to be a voice that we need to uh, to not only 
try to to get louder. Um, but I think you have the ability to really bring people into the movement and to help, as we were talking about earlier, educate, enlighten, and inform. And I, I really think that our our conversation today did that for my audience, and hopefully we'll give them some inspiration to go out and, and kind of take the the messaging that you brought forward, the lessons you were teaching about how you you help that Boy Scout troop, you know, to to really help grow liberty where it counts. So I mean, Shane, with that being said, thank you so much for joining today. Um, yeah, I know you're very, very, very busy, so definitely do appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Brian, anytime, man. If you guys ever need anything from me, just give me a shout. Uh, and obviously, if I'm back in Philly, I'll give you a call. Awesome. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining the Brian Nichols Show here on the We Are Libertarians Network. As always, follow me on Facebook and on Twitter at B Nichols Liberty. Um, and if you enjoyed today's show, please take a second, go over to iTunes, uh, t- do a, a like, a review, and uh, make sure you share it with your friends and family. That's how we spread the message of liberty, and that's how we're able to really get this uh, this messaging to grow and to expand beyond the confines of our libertarian circle uh, circles that we, we find ourselves in. Uh, and then, as always, if you're interested in one of these great Don't Hurt People, Don't Take People Stuff bumper sticker, they're here. They're, they're going out like hotcakes. Send me an email at Show at gmail.com. But uh, as always, you can follow me again on Twitter and Facebook at Liberty. Or if you're interested in following Shane, you can go ahead and follow him on Twitter at Shane T. Hazel. But until next week, it's Brian Nichols here in The Brian Nichols Show. We'll see you then.